on this episode of Why Watch That. Chris Cooper playing J.D. Salinger. I mean, <laughs> come on, with eyebrows and all. Uh, <laughs> Look, this is certainly for the people who love to go to film festivals, who love to go to art houses, who love Slowburns. It's been a lot of strong women in these movies, a lot of strong female characters, mm-hmm. which is nice to see. He's watching this big, huge fight go down, and you're watching him watching the fight, and so you're laughing at him watching the fight. Yes. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critics and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. That. Presented by Dynamic Network. A Why Watch That sneak peek. Listeners, now we just uh, not too long ago caught a sneak peek of certain women at the New York Film Festival. It is directed by Kelly Reichert. She also wrote it, but it's based on um, Mally Malloy's uh, short stories. And it's starring some very familiar faces, Kristen Stewart, Michelle Williams, Laura Dern, Jared Harris, among others. And quite frankly, it is a peculiar piece that the critic and I are going to explore and walk through. And ultimately, we're going to give a recommendation for specific people. Let's rock and roll. (laughs) I have a feeling this is going to be really quick. Now. No, here we go. There are three stories, essentially, spearheaded by Laura Dern, Michelle Williams, and Kristen Stewart. The title is Certain Women. It's about certain women. Those stories are loosely connected. Uh, Laura Dern plays a lawyer who has a client, that's Jared Harris, who can't listen to her for some reason. He just can't get it. Um, Eventually he does, or does he? Because there is this big tragedy that happens that lands him in jail, I'll just tell you, or prison, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's it. Next, we have Michelle Williams. Uh, She plays a woman who runs her own business, and her husband is her employee. Yeah, I mean, not even... I mean, he's a business partner, but she's calling the shots. That's right. And they do have a daughter. He is building her dream home. So she wants the sandstone to put into the home. They know the guy who has this uh, plot or just a bunch of sandstone. And that's Rene Aubergenois. Hello. So they have to go to him to get it. And then the question is... Is that going to affect her relationship with her husband? That dynamic. She is so focused on getting things right, doing things the way she wants them to be done. Yep, and she's also not uh, having a good relationship with her daughter, so that's a stress as well. She's a daddy's girl. Now, third story with Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart plays a young lawyer. New uh, lawyer. New. Who took a job uh, teaching school law. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So she took this job because she didn't think she would get a job. Public school law. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
Now, so she's teaching in, in, it's almost like a community college. She's teaching teachers. But this job, where it's located, it takes her four hours to get there. Okay, and she has a job as a lawyer, so she didn't expect to get that job as a lawyer, but she did. So that's a struggle. Now, one of the students in the class, and that's really the focus, she works on a farm, she's alone, uh, she just goes out driving one night and ends up in this class, didn't sign up for it, just ends up in the room and is taken by Kristen Stewart. So we see what happens when Kristen Stewart can no longer be the teacher, what happens to this uh, woman uh, who essentially is attracted to her, not saying sexually, but there's something about it. Mm -hmm. Something about Kristen Stewart that draws her. You'll have to watch the movie to figure that out. And then at the end, after we see the introductions and the explorations of these stories, at the end we get codas. Yeah, that's the gist of, of the movie. Really, it is. Now let's talk about the performances. Um, there's not a lot um, written that you can account for it to be riveting. Yeah. Um, it's not something that is plot-driven. And people will say that it's character-driven, but the way it's filmed, there's a lot of silent downtime. Like, literally just watching someone drive, or watching someone feed their horses, or watching someone kind get of... Dressed. Get dressed or look around at the beautiful Montana view. You know, there's a lot of silence that happens in the movie. But the actors, once the words are in their mouths, they really do a fine job with what they're given. Yeah. Uh, Laura Dern, she's wonderful at making a character very contemporary. Yeah. Um, the words are never um, foreign in her mouth. She really knows how to own those words and you see it here. Michelle Williams plays the driven woman and she does that eloquently. She really does her job there. Kristen Stewart who I, you know, I, 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 I can't say that I'm just blown away by all of her performances, but this one was very much straightforward. She did a, a wonderful job and the young woman, I don't know who she is. Yeah, Lily Gladstone is the actress. Lily Gladstone, she as well does what she can with what she's given. Now, that's the performances. You don't get much after that. Look, this is certainly for the people who love to go to film festivals, who love to go to art houses, who love slobbers. Okay? Yeah. Just almost a meditative state you would go into. Yeah. If that doesn't sound like this is for you, do not watch it. Yeah, you don't need to. And especially if you see it at an art house and especially all the buzz that's around it, we do have to caution our listeners and we know our listeners yeah. that if you do pay that $15, if you do go to that art house, we are telling you, expect the slow burn. Yeah. Slow burn. Yes. Just know this is something you'd watch if you were taking a film studies class. Yeah. There it is. It does come out October 14th. You can catch it somewhere near you. If you're really burning to watch it, I would suggest you do that at home so that you can be in your comfort to watch it. Uh, other than that, there's other things that you could see. Um, but congratulations to the women who were starring in it for doing a fine job with what they're given. Another Why Watch That sneak peek. 
Hey listeners, the critic and I got a chance to see a sneak peek of a movie coming out tomorrow. That's right, October 14th. It is going to get you excited about reading Catcher in the Rye. (laughs) (laughs) Were we already excited? (laughs) Yes, we are. It's called Coming Through the Rye. And as you guessed, it has to do with the Catcher in the Rye. We'll tell you a little bit how. Um, But it's directed and written by James Stephen Sadwith, who also had a very personal experience with some of the events of the movie stars a wonderful Alex uh, Wolf who you can see in some upcoming things and then of course Chris Cooper playing J.D. Salinger I mean <laughs> come on with eyebrows and all Vienna uh, <laughs> Levy Owen um, as well as some others we'll get to them let's just let's let's tell the listeners a little bit what this is about <laughs> It's about eyebrows, anyway. <laughs> it is talking eyebrows. Uh, so Alex Wolf plays Jamie Schwartz. He's a 16-year-old who is in prep school, and this is 1969. He's in prep school. You know he's being bullied. He's a, a theater geek, and he's decided to uh, write a play version of The Catcher in the Rye because, of course, The Catcher in the Rye, Holden Caulfield, is his hero. Makes sense. He wears the red hat. Yep, everything. He wants to get. J.D. Salinger, the author of The Catcher in the Rye, his permission to do this. And J.D. Salinger is a recluse. He doesn't want anybody touching his book. He wants the book to be the book, and that's it. No adaptations. No one is allowed. Not Scorsese, not you, nobody. Okay? So we see uh, Jamie try to track J.D. Salinger down, going to his agents, uh, going to the town eventually, and who goes along with him? None other than Dee Dee, a character played by Stefania Levy Owen. Uh, she is at a girl's press. Like the sister school almost. Exactly. She notices him. He doesn't notice her. He has goo-goo eyes for a young blonde, of course, who couldn't care less about him. But they're all in the drama group. So they team up, Dee Dee and Jamie. And on this journey, they discover each other as well. In a way that is reminiscent of Holden Caulfield, of course. So does he find J.D. Salinger? What is J.D. Salinger's reaction to it? Does the play go? Because this is his a project for school. He needs to get it done. And the bullying at the school, why did it happen? And after it happens, is it going to stop? Yeah, that's good. Now, the subplot of all of that is there's some real heavy things going on at home. Yes. Or for young Jamie, uh, that really is a catalyst as to why he does go on the search and journey. So you'll have to pay attention to that as well. Yeah, it's all linked with the bullying and, and the home life and the search and Holden Caulfield. It's a lot going on in this little movie. I mean, it's only an hour 37 minutes, okay? Well, you know what? I'll have to say, I'm just going to go right into the performances. It's Chris Cooper, you guys. It's just... He only really has two scenes in the movie, and you'll know exactly what they are, what he's doing. And he is the rye guy <laughs> yes and you, the movie really builds up to him and chris cooper obviously doesn't slight you'll remember him and remember his angst and his frustration <laughs> and his eyebrows his eyebrows and the posture <laughs> you'll, remember, you'll remember his eyebrows um quite frankly i wish we could have had more 
I wish the movie was a little bit more about him because Chris Cooper is so good. Um, But I do have to say, young Alex Wolf is quite the actor. He's one to watch. Um, He holds the scenes quite well, doing a lot of improv that you can see he's a very playful actor. You can hear him. You can see him thinking. Um, He works well with others. He was not overtaken by Chris Cooper in the scenes. I think he's really one to watch. Other than that, I just have to really talk about the challenges that were with that and that was with the story because there were so many elements as a viewer I didn't know what quite to watch I liked what I saw aesthetically the director did a a wonderful job aesthetically the beautiful nature scenes um, that take place but I really didn't know exactly what I was supposed to focus on and that that was a bit of a challenge for me but was I bored out of my mind? Absolutely not it's a good movie it has its moments. Um, in the middle, for me, it was a little wonky. Um, I understand why we went through what we went through. I think, like you said about Alex, uh, for me, really, the ending for him was a challenging thing to pull off, and he did it. I think that that actually worked. And like you said, with Chris Cooper, the thing about Alex is uh, he's a great listener as an actor. And like you were saying, with improv, that's what it comes from. If you're going to be good at that, you really have to be paying attention and listening. Um, so he did that well. I, I think cast-wise, it was fine. I was cool with the cast. It's just some of the writing wasn't quite as clear and concise as it could have been. Uh, so if we're thinking, why watch that? We said it. It's it's for Alex. It's for Chris Cooper. Also, if you're just interested in The Catcher in the Rye to see how that plays out, okay. It's not going to blow you away. It'll be something to catch on TV, probably. Yeah, definitely. So this comes out tomorrow, folks. You can check it out at a theater near you. And you let us know if you like coming through the ride. This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Back to Why Watch That. The Why Watch That Talk. Hey, listeners. Oh, the critic and I got a chance to catch another week of the New York Film Festival. We've got one more. Never ending. To give you a very quick glimpse of what we've been catching, and it's been a lot. First up, the critic got a chance to see Julieta, which is was in subtitles, so you had to do some reading, but it was directed by and written by Pedro Amadovar. Sorry, Adriana Ugarte mm. and others. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you take it away. Yeah, uh, so it's actually based on uh, three short stories uh, by Alice Monroe, if you know her writing. This is about a woman who's contending with the 
passed, okay? She has a daughter who's estranged from her. The daughter's father, something happened in the past with this woman, Mieta, that is problematic. So we see the arc of this film and the way that Amadovar does this visually is his trademark style. It's lots of color. It's just wonderful to look at. Uh, I enjoyed it. As far as Amadovar goes, is it one of his absolute best? No, but it doesn't need to be because he is a wonderful director. So this is one to look out for. All right, Quiet Passion, which is directed and written by Terrence Davies, starring Cynthia Nixon as Emily Dickinson. So uh, let's take that away. Well, yes, so you basically said it. Uh, It starts with Emily Dickinson at school, at college. She's contending with religion here. And it's a problem in her family. It's a problem in society. Uh, Also, her being a woman writer at the time you know, try to be taken seriously. And of course, the marriage question, is she going to get married or isn't she? So we get this period piece here. It was all right, as far as I'm concerned. You'll get more of it in in the review. Uh, The cast is strong, though. Oh, you know, Cynthia Nixon's amazing. Um, Personal Shopper, which is starring Kristen Stewart... Yeah. yeah, that was. I, we've seen her like what two, three times. In this <laughs> She's in every movie. She is. She really is. Kristen Stewart, along with others, I'll let you take away with that. But it's written and directed by Oliver Asayas. 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 Asaya. And um, uh, take it away. Yeah. So this is a, a thriller, of maybe a little bit of horror, a little bit of uh, medium stuff. So let me explain that. So please do. Kristen Stewart does play a personal shopper of an impossible client, but she's also a medium. And her twin brother has died. She wants to try to connect with his spirit in the, his former home. Oh. So we have all of this going on. The question is, everybody, can she connect to him or not? His spirit. Or is she connecting to something else or nothing at all? So this will be out uh, next year at some point in the States, and we'll talk more about it then. I thought that Kristen Stewart is finding her niche here. We know what that is. It was okay. Well, you know what? We'll definitely have to find out about that because I'm not sure I'm sold on it. But uh, (laughs) we also got a chance to see a very odd movie, Aquarius. And it stars... Mrs. Westlake, that's who it stars. It stars her and her hair. And we're, we're talking about Sonia Braga. And this, again, is was in subtitles. Very bizarre. Very yes. bizarre movie. Yeah, and, and Mrs. Westlake, everybody, if you watch The Cosby Show and know Theo's teacher, that's Sonia Braga. In Aquarius, she plays a woman who does not want to move out of her apartment, okay? All of the other apartment owners have sold All. and moved out. Every single one. She's the last one, and we see why. We see why she does not want to move out. And we see in the end what actually happens. Does she move out, or does somebody else want to move out instead? (laughs) Okay? So there you go with Aquarius. It has a lot going in there. Uh, Wow. Yeah, you may may or may not hear the details of that. So (laughs) you'll just have to catch that on your own. But guess what? We don't want to end on a sour note because we got a chance to see... 20th Century Women, directed and written by Mike Mills, starring the great Annette Bening, Greta uh, Gerwig, Billy Kudrup, and of course, Elle Fanning, who does a wonderful, marvelous job. And then um, the little young star that you need to keep your eye on, Lucas Jade Zuman. This, along with Julieta, for me, were the best movies of the week that I saw. 
this is about the title. Uh, in particular, it's uh, 1979, and we see Annette Benning's character, who was born during the Depression. We see all of that travel forward, and her son, who is a contemporary of that time, how their relationship works. And then we see how she pulls in other women, young women, to help raise him. And we have this man played by Billy Crudup, who's in the mix as well. Uh, this is just a wonderful character study. It's something really just to sit and to get to know the characters. And overall, this week, Ref, it's been a lot of strong women in these movies, a lot of strong female characters, mm-hmm. which is nice to see. It's definitely nice to see. Now, listen, the New York Film Festival is not over. No. We've got one more week to go, and they're going to end pretty strong. So you keep here at Why Watch That. We'll keep you in the know. A final Why Watch That sneak peek. Guess what, listeners? The critic and I got a chance to catch a sneak peek of a new movie coming out tomorrow. (laughs) Called The Accountant. Yes, Warner Brothers is pulling no punches here. Mm. They have stacked literally. Right? (laughs) No, seriously. They've stacked the deck when it comes to actors. But first, let's talk about the director, Gavin O'Connor. You may remember Gavin from Warrior. Remember that movie that came out, among other things? And it is written by the maybe familiar Bill Dubuque. You may know him from The Judge as being one of the screenwriters for that. But the cast, Ben Affleck. Whoa, this is Batman. Anna Kendrick, J.K. Simmons, John Berthal, yeah, Jeffrey Tambor, like what? John Lithgow, yep, Gene Smart, yes, <laughs> and others. Listen, we're gonna dive right in because the accountant is not the CPA that you're gonna want for your company, or maybe you will. <laughs> oh, I want him now. Look, let me tell you. <laughs> look, okay, so everybody, Ben Affleck plays the accountant. Okay, exclamation points. (laughs) And here's what happens. He's a small town accountant. He has a little business on the side, though, with ZZZ accounting firm. (laughs) There you go. And his clients are unsavory. Okay, these are very, very dangerous people. He's a brilliant accountant. Oh, yes, he is. Look, if you need to get your taxes done, take it to him. And they show it in the movie how he breaks it down. Now... The thing is, everybody, he has some form of autism. So we see in flashback scenes how his father, who's a military man, raised him. Raised him to contend with the real world. He doesn't want any hippy-dippy stuff. Oh, no. You're going to learn how to fight. Okay? And he has a younger brother who's his best friend. The mother... I ain't going to tell you what happens to her. Okay. Now... Something happens where he's called in for a job. And this is where you get Gene Smart. This is where you get John Lithgow. They are siblings. They run a company. And something's going on with the books. Anna Kendrick's character found a discrepancy. So he's brought in to figure it out. Of course, he starts doing that. But that leads to problems. Leads to secrets and lies. And deaths. Okay, because there is a hitman on the loose played by John Bernthal, who is out to get him, Anna Kendrick, and everybody he can find. Involved. That's right. 
That's right. So the question is, everybody, will the accountant be able to stop this hitman? And on the flip side, we have, this is what they call it. I'm just going to read this. The Treasury Department's Crime Enforcement Division. (laughs) Okay. It's run by J.K. Simmons' character. And he has roped in a young agent played by Cynthia Adai Robinson and told her, look, I know something about your past, so you better find this accountant because I need to know who he is. I'm about to retire. So who's going to catch whom? Is it going to be the the Treasury Department people? Is it going to be the hitman? Is it going to be the accountant? you got to watch it to find out. Now, on the flip side, we haven't mentioned the fact that the accountant wasn't just trained to fight. He was also a trained assassin himself. Yeah. So when he comes and saves the day, it's not just he's tying up people like Batman. Mm-hmm. He's taking them out. And it shocks everyone around him. Now, here's the deal. Is this worth seeing in the movie? That's what we're here to talk about, right? Yes. yes. I say this is a mesh between born supremacy. Yes, yes. With the humor of what? <laughs> Look. <laughs> Not Deadpool, but no. it sure gets funny when people are being shot in the head. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, all of you, all of you listeners, if you've seen John Wick, it has a little bit of John Wick in it as well. It's got a little bit of Batman. It does. It does the storyline. Now, let's talk about the performances. Here we have um, wonderful performances by the veterans. John Lithgow really, probably not on purpose delivers a lot of comedy (laughs) he's watching this big huge fight go down and you're watching him watching the fight and so you're laughing at him watching the fight yes definitely entertaining jk simmons is that guy he is the treasury he is a a, a former agent you don't want to mess with him he's he's either going to hire you or fire you and you totally believe everything that's going on Anna Kendrick plays the accountant who's this sort of not damsel in distress, but she is someone who you want to save. We'll put it that way. Yeah, and she's thrust in a situation that, she, of course, she would not see coming. Okay. Absolutely. And she needs help. She needs defending. She needs rescuing, we'll say. So she does a great job with that. Of course, you have your girl. Cynthia Adai Robinson. Her character's name is Mary Beth Medina. Mary Beth Medina is, listen... She is the top-notch analyst. For some reason, she's not being promoted, and J.K. Simmons sees to certain aspects of her promotion. That's right. And let me tell you, those scenes with her looking at the screen, I mean, everybody, talk about... You would think that somebody's death was on the line. <laughs> <laughs> looking at it, it was so entertaining to see it. Just Definitely. numbers and words. I know, I know. And you know what? I started to believe I was in danger just for, just for watching her. John Bernthal was the wonderful villain, we'll put yeah. in quotes. He really was the antithesis of the accountant. He's very much energetic, cocky, full of himself, mm-hmm. and takes joy in his work. We'll there say. you go. Oh, yeah. He's having fun. He's definitely having fun. And then we're left with Ben Affleck. Now, this is a man who has mastered his autism. His father in different situations and the things he uses helps him master his mind going, you know, millions of miles uh, a minute in his head. And I thought Ben Affleck did a great job of just playing a very reserved 
very internal kind of hitman if you've ever seen one. <laughs> right, because that's the thing. Well, do you believe both? Do you believe he can kill and that he has that autistic kind of uh, temperament? So yeah, I, I think it was shrewd casting. Shrewd. And let's not leave out Jeffrey Tambor. Who of course, I was leaving it to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who plays the accountant's other trainer uh, as far as accounting. His mentor, yeah. That's right. And this is uh, in prison scenes, if you could believe it. Okay. <laughs> so there we go with that. Look, let me just say this. If you enjoy John Wick and Bourne, I'll put yeah. both. If you enjoyed both, go see The Accountant. I, I mean, I'll put it this way. It was 40 minutes too long, but I didn't mind it because it was entertaining. I mean, you're laughing at them doing all of this work. The writer, obviously, Bill Dubuque, just had a lot of fun and didn't yeah. have anything. He just yeah, no everything. And the fight sequences, Raph, I know you were taken yeah. by these. I think they're very reminiscent of John Wick. So John Wick and Born Supremacy, definitely. You're going to get a lot of using materials around you to get things done by any means necessary. Mm. So if you like those kind of fight scenes, the sound was definitely like right out there. You, gunshots will have you jumping in your seat. Punches will have you thinking your neighbor just hit you. You know, it's just totally, totally entertaining. Listen, the accountant comes out tomorrow and you have a decision to make. Do you want to go to the movies to see this? I think why watch that is saying, yes, go to the movies, see it. Will it work at home? Of course it will. But why wait? Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.